Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Thank you that you are the teacher. We thank you for the word of God that is becoming alive tonight. For you said your word is spirit and life. God help us see clearly tonight. Let us see you. Let us experience you. Father, we worship you. Jesus. Well, that, uh, <laughs> that, I'm laughing. I'll, I'll, I'll clue you in in just a minute. That, uh, that CD or that, that instrumental is a friend of mine. Uh, he's got actually two instrumental CDs, uh, that he put out, uh, in, in the two that, that, you, the one that you just heard. Oftentimes when I'm at home praying, I'll just play that downstairs as I just kind of walk and pray. And it just sets an atmosphere, isn't it? Uh, Interesting how just the right music can set the tone for <laughs> for your prayer. <laughs> I'm only laughing because the guy that, uh, again, that played that, he's a, a dear friend of ours. He's actually been in our church uh, on different occasions ministering. But I had somebody send me a Facebook message. Oh, it's been a number of months ago now. And uh, uh, it was him during a service just, just going buck wild. This, it was one of those Holy Ghost meetings, and he's just dancing before the Lord. And and somebody sent me a Facebook message, not knowing that that was him, and said, "I think we need to do this in our church next week." And I said, "Well, you know what? We'll we'll do that next time." And but like I said, they they somehow come across that, come across him thinking it was funny, <laughs> thinking, "Look at this crazy dude." And I'm thinking, if you only knew that was a friend of mine. <laughs> so, anyways. So, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that God likes to do things that just gets our attention? Amen? Amen. <laughs> I guess it was just a personal moment. <laughs> Amen. Well, how, how many of you remember what we've been talking about? Anybody know what we've been ministering on? The glory of God. And we've said this, that the glory of God, or concerning the glory, really in its simplest definitions, is really the manifested presence of God, or the power of God. And we said this is that God desires for us to experience his presence, his glory. And if I can say it this way, and hopefully you'll see it or understand it the right way, that concerning God's presence, God's glory, God's power, we can provoke God's presence at will. So many times we've got this idea that God is this sovereign and he only does what he wants to do. But God is a legal God and God is bound to his word. And his word tells us that we can move God. And he tells us specifically how we can move him. And so therefore, if you want God to show up, you can learn or you can know how to get God to show up. Right? How many of you know that when it comes to your spouse or your children, you can provoke them in a way to get a positive response, right? In fact, God tells us in his word, he says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. So in other words, provoke them to wrath means that I can be intentional and get an intentional response from them in the way that I 
interact with them, correct? So that tells me that if I can do that with my natural son or my natural father, I can do that with my heavenly father. I just got to know how to do it. Where I can get God to begin to move and get God's presence to show up and get him to manifest himself. In fact, for that matter, you know, you think about it from the standpoint of, again, just using this example loosely, but the genie in the bottle, right? Well, what do you do to get the genie to come out of the bottle? You got to rub the bottle. And the the genie comes out of the bottle and grants you three wishes, right? Well, God is much like that. When I say like that, not meaning that he's a puppet on a string or that we're puppet masters, but we can provoke him in the way that, in fact, what we do gets him to show up. And he's not saying, what are your wishes or what can I grant for you? But he says, what can I perform for you based upon my word, right? And so God wants us to really begin to know how to interact with him. And if you remember, we said this over the last couple of weeks concerning the Old Testament. The Bible tells us that God revealed his glory to his people. Now, from the standpoint of those who had access to it or had actual interaction with God's presence was only the priest, the prophet and the king. It was the only individuals that God would anoint and only those three kinds of individuals, the priest, the prophet, or the king, had the ability to interact with the presence of God or have an audience, if you will, with God. But the Bible says multiple times that the people saw the glory, saw the presence of God, saw God moving, and many times they were beneficiaries of the presence or the glory of God showing up. But the Bible tells us that through what Jesus did. In fact, if you remember, the Bible says that when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. And at the moment of him saying it was finished, the Bible says that the veil in the temple was rent or torn from top to bottom, revealing or giving access to the presence of God for all of God's people or God's children. So it wasn't just for those that was the priest, the prophet, or the king. It was those that were called to be his priest, which are you and I. Amen. Children of God. So we have the ability to have access and have an audience in God's presence whenever we desire. And so many times we think that that's just a hit and miss kind of thing. But God desires for us to really begin to experience him. And so if we go back and we begin to think about the Old Testament or God's people in the Old Covenant... There was one specific reason as to why they could not access the presence of God. And it was because of their sin consciousness. It was because they had not had the sacrifice given to atone them for their sins once and for all, right? And so as a result, they came under the law. And because of the law, they were consistently aware of sin consciousness. And therefore, because they were under the law, they were not permitted into the presence of God because they still carried their sin. But the Bible says that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And because he fulfilled the law, he gave us access to come into his presence because we're no longer sin conscious or no longer carry the guilt of our shame. But we can come into the presence of God having the shame and sin and the stain of sin removed from us. Right? Remember the priest himself? If he did not do things just so, getting his sins atoned and making sacrifice just way, just, just the right way, he would go into the presence of God and he'd be struck dead on the spot, right? Remember they put the bells around his robe and tied a rope around his foot and if they start, stopped hearing the bells jingle, they, they started dragging him out because they thought, well, the priest, he's dead. He did something wrong, right? 
because of what Jesus did, we have access into the presence of God and have boldness to come into the presence of God because the sin consciousness has been removed because of what Jesus did. Unfortunately, the enemy dupes us so many times and really from just church to church thinking that, well, I've carried this sin, I've done this wrong, and therefore I don't have the ability to receive from God the way that I would desire because of the things that I've done. But God has said that he's made us free. But here's the thing. If you remember we talked about, or what we just said, was concerning those that were in the old covenant, there was the law, or they were under the law, and therefore brought about consciousness of their sin. Under the new covenant, we still have the law, or what we would call the word of God, but the Bible says that Jesus came to give us the word And he also came to give us the Holy Spirit. If you remember over in John, he said, it's imperative that I go go away so that you can have the Holy Spirit. Now, why are those two connected? Because it truly is the presence or it is the person of the Holy Spirit that gives us access into the presence of God. He is the modern day ministry of Jesus. When you begin to feel God move, what is it? You're, You're feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. When, when people are, are touched, who is that in operation? Is it God? Well, ultimately, yes. But it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's working, right? As we're worshiping, as they're leading us, Lord, we just want to worship you. And you start to feel that sensation or you just begin to feel your heart drawn towards God. What is it? It is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But here's the thing. We need the Word and we need the Spirit. We need both to work Together, The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. How many of you have ever been around religious people? Have you ever noticed that religious people are not really free? Have you ever noticed that? They say, well, we're a Christian, which they are. We go to church. But then all of a sudden, they've got this box in which they live of what you've got to do, how you've got to look, how you've got to act in in terms of what the churchy thing should be, right? Or, well, you know, we don't believe that, and because we don't believe that, what it ends up doing is it puts them within a framework of what they think the Bible says or what their religion says, and therefore there's no longer freedom because all they've they've allowed themselves to do is come up under law or legalism of the Word or what they think the Word is and have not come out from just the Word alone and allowed the Spirit of God to bring freedom. Right? Here's a great example. The Bible says that the Word of God says that by His stripes we're healed. The Bible says that We have healing, we have deliverance through Jesus, through the Word of God, and that's the Word. But people that are not, that have not received the freedom of God's Word, if they find themselves not doing everything just so, they find themselves saying, well, I believe that God's Word says I'm healed, but because I've not done this, or because I've not acted just right, or because of this, or because of that, That's why I'm not healed. Rather than saying, wait a minute, it's not based upon what I've done. It's based upon what he's done. And so, therefore, I can step out of legalism, step over into the freedom of the Holy Spirit or the power and the presence of God, and say, that's what the Word says. Therefore, I'm free because it says it, but therefore also I have access to it. Amen? 
Now, we'll continue to see this in just a minute as to how the Holy Spirit and how the Word of God work hand in hand. We've been talking about the presence, the glory, the power of God. But the Word of God is so significant for us to experience that. But if we're not careful, once again, we'll get into the ditch on one side and find ourselves becoming legalistic in some areas because this is how we do things. Rather than saying, this is what the Word says, but the Spirit of God gives us freedom and brings it all together and allows us to experience the presence, the power, and the glory of God. Amen. Now, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, why don't you go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 1 in verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Who being the brightness of His glory. There's that word glory. God's presence, God's power, God's spirit. And it's speaking of He being Jesus. Who being in the brightness of His glory, the expressed image of His person, I don't have my glasses. Hang on here. Let me read over on this one. The Prince Figure. <laughs> this side. All right. He being the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had made himself purged of our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So notice once again, speaking of Jesus, Jesus, remember we said this last week, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, verse 14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We said that the Word of God will manifest itself in its person. Once again, the Word of God says that we're healed that we're whole that god wants to take care of our needs and if we'll stand on the word it comes into manifestation through his power and we see it become made flesh or shows up in our flesh or our physical bodies are made well or our finances begin to turn or our marriages begin to turn or whatever it might be the word of god begins to work and we see it made flesh or it shows up or makes an appearance right and so once again it says this it says concerning jesus jesus the word was the brightness of God's glory. But then notice what it goes on to say, and upholding all things by the word of his power. His glory, his presence is synonymous with his power. But notice how it worded it. It did not say he upholds all things by the power of his word. He said he upholds all things by the word of his power. Do you see that? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes first, the power or the word? The Bible tells us God's word comes first and his power or his glory accompanies his word. Right? In the beginning, God said. What happened after he said? The power showed up and things begin to take place. Right? So as we begin to come become familiar with God's word, his presence, his power begins to show up. But it's also to understand that God's presence comes or his spirit comes with his word, making God real. And if you notice, it says here once again, in the brightness of his glory, in the express image of his person, whose 
the person we're speaking of, speaking of Jesus, but Jesus reveals who God is. So if you begin to identify with the Word of God or the Word of God becomes real to you, all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins to make God known to you. God becomes more real. His presence becomes more real because of His Word. And so... If you'll think about this for just a minute, if God upholds all things by the word of his power, if we start to look back at the very beginning of creation, once again, we have alluded to it, but when God made creation, it says, and God said, let there be, right? So God spoke his word first. Now, when you begin to look at the translation in the Hebrews, when it's speaking of he said, there's a, there's a, 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 connotation or there is a connection to the the hebrew word lego does anybody know what legos are my kids still have them and if you've had legos in your house and you've ever stepped on one of those legos it gets your attention very quickly right (laughs) but isn't it interesting that the bible says god's word says speaking of god speaking is in connection with the word lego Well, what is a Lego? A Lego is a building block. Right? So when God spoke, there were things that accompanied his words. But then if you remember, the Bible says this. It says that the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit or the presence or the power of God hovered over the face of the waters. So when God's word spoke, all of a sudden sudden something came into existence or there was substance, building blocks, if you will. And the spirit, the presence, the power of God took the building blocks of God's word and began to make it manifested for everyone to see. When God said, let there be, then there was. Right? There was the sun. There was the dark. There was the earth. There was the waters. There was the creatures. Then there was man. God said it, and God, uh, the Holy Spirit or the presence and the power of God took the words or the substance of God's word and began to make it flesh or manifest it. So when we want to begin to see God's presence and power in manifestation in our lives, we've got to begin to grab hold of the word and see the power of God's word. Because God says that there's substance in his words, and the Holy Spirit comes up alongside And makes it manifest or brings it to fruition. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So once again, notice what it says. It says that God's word framed the world. Well, if you think about it from the context of this building, underneath of the sheetrock is what? The framing. The framing is what holds everything into place. It's what gives it structure. It's what gives it substance. It's what gives it its shape, right? And so once again, it's God's word that begins to shape and begins to mold and begins to bring into the picture of what is. And so one of the greatest ways for us to begin to provoke God's presence is to begin to understand God's word and God's promise. Once again, using the example of healing. If we begin to understand and not just know 
that God's word says it in there, but we begin to understand that God's word says it in there, and God says it in there for the fact of me being able to experience it, and for me to be able to experience it means that means that it's mine, and therefore I can begin to have it, and it can begin real and become real because the word of God is accompanied by the spirit of God, and the spirit of God makes it made flesh in my body, and so therefore I can expect to be made whole. I can made be I can expect to be made well as a result of the word of God being manifested in my life you know my wife and i you know talking about just the word of god becoming real jesus said this he said in john six sixty three, he said my word is spirit and it's life remember we said in the old testament the word was law but under the new covenant the bible says that the word is spirit and it's life my wife and I, we were getting together just this past week with some individuals and talking through some things. And, and, and as we were getting together with them, I was asking the Lord. I said, Lord, I said, What's, what do I have as an answer? How can I speak into their life? And what I was looking for was for God to give me direction from his word. And so I said, God, what does your word say and what can I share with this couple concerning the situation that they're going through? And so one of the things that they were particularly going through was some areas of physical health and not necessarily knowing uh, what the situation or what the problem was or what the, the diagnosis was. And how many of you know that it's frustrating when you're not feeling well in your body or something's going on in your body and you're thinking, I don't know what it is and the doctors can't tell me what it is. How frustrating would that be? And I said, so God, give me an answer. And so here's where God led me. And just for the sake of sharing it with you, I want to take you over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Now, we're talking about the Word of God. And where the Word of God is, it is His Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and liberty. Where there's freedom and liberty, there comes life. And so, I read this. I said, the Bible says this, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. So, we're no longer under the law. It says, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the Bible says that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. And the blessings of Abraham have come upon us. Those who are Gentiles or those of, those of us that have become believers. So we begin to look at what is the curse of the law. Well the curse of the law is expressed or explained to us over in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And it goes through and it begins to list all the curse of the law. And much of that curse has to do with sickness and disease. And it goes through disease and sickness after disease and after sickness. And it lays them out. But the Bible says that we're redeemed from those things. So concerning this individual that says, I don't know what's going on. And I don't know what's wrong. And the doctors don't have an answer for me. I said, well, the Bible says that we're redeemed. But then I took her over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And verse 60 and 61, it says this. It says that you're redeemed from the curse for those that are named and those that are unnamed. Concerning sicknesses. So in other words, you could say it this way. Sicknesses that you know about or sicknesses that you don't know about. You are still redeemed from them. So the doctor says, I don't know, I'm puzzled, I'm perplexed, I don't know what's going on with you. But the Bible has an answer to that. It has a remedy, it has life. There's power that will fix that even when you don't know what it is. And so as I'm sharing that with them, my wife's sitting there. 
And she's like, whoa, praise God. She goes, that's good. And so I thought, you know, well, thanks, baby. Thanks for kind of like being my cheer section and just kind of helping me out there as I'm sharing, you know. And I, you know, again, I, I'm just kind of thinking, well, that was just timely. That was a great spot to say that, babe. And so I got home and we started talking about that. And she says, man, when you started sharing the word, she said, it just started exploding on the inside of me. And when you got to that part where it says we're redeemed from what's named or unnamed, she said, that just came up. She goes, I wanted to shout louder than what I did. I wanted to just, just give God praise because it became so alive on the inside of me. And what I'm saying is that the word of God begins to bring the life, the presence, the power, the glory of God into manifestation to where it is no longer law or legalism or trying to acquire God's grace and God's mercy. But all of a sudden, it's the life and the power of God and it's his promise to you. And when it becomes God's word and promise to you, it's like, praise the Lord. That's right. And when you begin to hook faith up with it, the glory and the presence of God shows up. And it may not manifest itself immediately in the physical body, but it will manifest itself in your spirit where it becomes revelation to your heart. Yes, that's good. Yes, that's God. Praise God. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. And it begins to show up. That's what puts you over in life. That's what happens when you're going through scenarios and all of a sudden, the word of God begins to be, begin percolating on the inside. The enemy starts to say something. In fact, I'll just share this with you. Um, my wife and I, we were talking about some things the other day. And, uh, you know, ha, you know just, just life in general has the opportunity of just kind of getting you frustrated or just thinking, you know, that needs to be different. Just some areas. Personal, professional, all those things. And so... I'm sitting there, and I don't know if you're like I am. I carry my attention up in my shoulders. You like me? And I'm telling you, it feels like those times when I get all tense, it feels like my shoulders are next to my ears. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like I'm walking around like this. You know, my wife will come up behind me. She's like, dear God, what's the matter with you? And that's how I feel, and I carry that tension. And so I was driving down the road. I think my wife and I drove into work separately. And so she was left, and I think I was doing something. And, I was, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm just kind of having a conversation with the Lord. And I can feel my shoulders up next to my ears. And I'm just like, mm, and I'm, again, talking to the Lord. And I all of a sudden said, God, what are we going to do about this? And God said to me, well, what are you going to do about it? And I go, what do you mean? What am I going to do about it? And this is like, well, I guess I'm just going to act like the word of God is true. I guess I'm just going to act like you're faithful to your word. And therefore, if you're faithful to your word, then what I find myself fretting about is no fret at all. And the moment I kept meditating and thinking on that, and well, praise God. Yeah, I guess we're just going to act like the word of God is true. Yeah, praise the Lord. I began to find my shoulders left my ears, and before I know I'm starting to relax. I'm like, why in the world was I so all tensed up anyways because god's word is true god's word is living and the moment i put god on the scene when i began to put his word into practice all of a sudden jesus the way maker showed up and his presence his power and his glory and then therefore i was no longer carrying the worry i was no longer carrying the care because at that point in time i could give it to him your word says amen
So the word of God becomes, if it is what frames the world, if he created everything and everything is upheld by the word of his power, everything is on the foundation of God's word. If my marriage is built on the foundation of God's word, I know that God's presence and God's power and God's spirit, the spirit of liberty is working in my marriage. Right? How many times do you see families that get their family off the foundation of the word of God and before too long it takes a a turn for the worst? Come on, you know the families. Maybe you've experienced it. You know families, maybe you've experienced this as well. Financially, things are doing well, but then you start making some adjustments in life, and therefore the adjustments that you've made in life based upon expenditures, you start making adjustments in your faithfulness to God financially, and all of a sudden you start to see the whole ball of wax start to come unraveled. I think I used a couple different metaphors together there. (laughs) Ball of wax come unraveled. I don't know how that works. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's based upon decisions. We get ourselves off the word of God, off the foundation of God, and therefore the spirit of God is no longer able to bring freedom and liberty. The glory and the power isn't able to function because we've departed from the foundation of God's word. Right? Again, we see that in marriages. We see that in life. We see that in church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you doing okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, it says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it is, or it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So did you notice here it says, the wisdom of God, and through not knowing the wisdom of God, which is through the preaching of his word, people did not know God. Did you see that in his word? So we could say it this way. Through the word of God, through the preaching and the teaching and the ingesting of God's word, we begin to know him. How do I know him? I'm talking about his personality, his presence. Who he is becomes real through his word. Isn't it interesting when you talk to people and you talk about your interaction with God, maybe saying, you know, yeah, I was talking with God and God was talking to me. And people say, well, God never talks to me. If people say that to you or if you ever hear yourself saying that, what you're telling me, if you're saying to me, God never talks to me, you're telling me you don't read your Bible. Because that's how I know him. That's how God becomes real. That's how I get to know his personality and his presence is through his word, right? And therefore, if I become familiar with the voice of God's word through his word, when I talk to him through, his, through, through times of prayer, his voice becomes more real because I'm always, already familiar with it through his word. Amen? All right. Turn over, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll finish up with these two verses and we'll conclude. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 9. 
Forgive me if I struggle because I don't have my glasses. It says, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So did you notice right there with that verse as we start, God has some incredible things for us to experience and to know. And there are things that he's saying, you still haven't seen nothing yet. Have you ever experienced some good things from God? You're like, wow, God, you're just so good. God, you're so good. You're so awesome. And God's like, that wasn't nothing. Just wait. Just wait. He says, I has not seen, ears not heard. The things that he has prepared for you, for those that love him. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things God except the, the Spirit of God. Now we have received the Spirit of, or now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us. So once again, notice what it says. It says, those that are apart from God don't know what God provide. He says, how does anybody know what's on the inside of the heart of God? He says, you do because you have the Spirit of God. So it's almost kind of like a, a double talk there. It makes you feel like, well, I guess I don't know what the Spirit of God is. or I don't know what the heart of God is. But it goes on to clearly say, you can know the Spirit of God and the heart of God because you have the Spirit of God on the inside. Did you see that? It says it's been given to us. In verse 13, it says, These things we also speak, not in words which, with man's, which man's wisdom teaches, but with which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, because, uh, Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. So in other words, the Bible says this, there are things that God wants us to begin to know. He wants to reveal. He wants us to see. How do we begin to experience or know those things that God desires for us? First and foremost is through the Word of God, right? And without knowing the Word of God, those things never make an appearance in our lives. For those that would say, it sure be nice for God to do that in my life. If you don't believe that it's God's will for your life, you will never experience it. God's not unfair and he's not unjust. He moves for those that have faith and trust in him. Right? And so the word of God gives us the validity to know what can I expect of God. And as I begin to know the word of God, it allows me to put an expectation or releasing my faith on God. And what does that do? It begins to create Legos in my life. Or that word becomes Legos and the spirit of God begins to make it manifest. Last verse, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 verse 8. If you remember the story, the, the Bible tells us that there's a centurion man that had a servant that was sick. And he came to Jesus and Jesus says, I'll come and I'll heal him. Remember that story? And notice what it says here in verse 8. Actually in verse 7 it says, and Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. 
Verse 8 says, And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be made well or will be healed. So let's break that down. One, the servant realized that the words of Jesus had enough power in them to produce or to make a display or bring to pass the desire of his heart. He realized without knowing it that if Jesus spoke, it produced Legos or building blocks for something to show up. Just speak the word. Speak building blocks of healing and my servant will begin to see that manifest in his life. Right? But he also said, I don't even need you to show up. Your word is the same as your presence. Right? We say, well, wouldn't it be great if Jesus was here right now? Oh, I would be healed if Jesus showed up. Speak his word, and it's the same as Jesus showing up. Find out what God's word says and say, just speak the word only. This is what the word of God says. And it's just the equivalent of Jesus being there himself, delivering the answer. Amen? So how are we going to be continue to see the presence of God and the glory of God being manifested? Getting into the word. It's the word of God that makes his presence real and makes him real. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray that we become hungry for your word. That, Lord, it's not just dry, dead words. It's not just legalistic law that puts us under condemnation. But, God, it's something that produces life on the inside. I thank you that, Lord, that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened and open tonight. And that as we continue to pursue your word, your presence, your personality, your voice becomes more clear. God, we thank you that, Lord, this church and these people are becoming to know you for who you are. As healer, as savior, deliverer, provider. God, you love us and we thank you. God, we thank you right now that your word says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be set free. So we call on you now, Lord. We call on your presence and your power. We thank you that right now the healing power of God is moving in this place. Filling and flooding our bodies from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding. That it guards our heart and our mind. God, I thank you.
lot of respect. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you. Friday.